Welcome back to To Swallow an Elephant, Life with Ecclesia. I'm so excited that you're here. We are ready to dive in today and tackle um, a little bit more about what Life with Ecclesia looks like on a daily basis. Today, I wanted to cover a topic that is very near and dear to my heart because it's something that has affected me in a big way, as I know it does each and every one of you on some level. And that is mental health and well-being and how Ecclesia tends to affect us in that way. So come along and let's dive in. Mental health and well-being. This one is so important to each of us and especially um, I think something that's not talked about very much for those that have a chronic illness or something that Um, They deal with physically how it can tend to affect um, your uh, emotional being, your mental being. And that's something I really just wanted to talk about today because it has affected me in a really big way over the years um, and throughout my life. I did want to add, first of all, that if you are struggling with depression, anxiety, um, any kind of mental health um, issue or problem, please be sure to reach out to your provider. Um, and let them know what's going on so that you can you can get some help because we can't do this alone. Um, I also wanted to share too that um, nothing that I say here today needs to be taken as any kind of um, mental advice. This is just my personal story and how um, I have been affected by the different health challenges that I've faced over the last few years. So let's jump in and, and uh, talk about it. One thing that I've noticed as I have read through um, different Ecclesia Warriors posts and um, articles that have been shared is how Ecclesia tends to affect each of us in a really unique way um, as far as different anxieties or concerns and worries. And it can just tend to really <laughs> eat away at our own mental health and well-being and um, cause different kinds of issues that you're facing alongside physical complications. And I just wanted to to start there and just talk about those things. Um, something that I have experienced myself and see a lot is that achalasia can cause all kinds of issues with your relationship with food. And um, I know many times uh, people are misdiagnosed with some kind of eating disorder because of the throwing up. And there's not always a really obvious reason as to why you're throwing up or regurgitating food. And so I think it can be misunderstood as, you know, you just want to throw up because one of the things that will tend to happen is you will, um, at least for me, is I would eat and then food would get stuck and stay in my esophagus and I would go throw up or regurgitate everything so that I could try to eat again for another meal. And it just is so confusing. I remember feeling a lot of times like maybe I did have some kind of eating disorder that I was suppressing and didn't know about and it it all was so wrong and I and you know I hated myself for doing that but that was the only way I had any kind of hope for getting food down was clearing my esophagus and trying something different um you know before I'd go out with friends or go out on a date with my husband I would oftentimes have to clear my esophagus before I went so that there would be any kind of room for more food. And that just really wears away at us. It's just hard. It makes you feel like something's wrong with you mentally. 
um, for doing that. And, you know, it can really affect your relationship with food because if I eat, then I will get sick. If I don't eat, I will also get sick. And there just never seems to be a very good and healthy balance there um, when you're in the middle of sickness or flare-ups, when your esophagus is just not cooperating. And those are things that I faced on a daily basis for a very long time. And I still do. It's not as often now thanks to surgery, but it's still something that does affect me. Alongside of my relationship with food being affected, um, I know that a lot of times there can be um, an issue with weight. And so at every doctor's appointment that I went to when I was sick at the beginning, there was a lot of talk over all the weight that I was losing and just a constant concern there. And so um, over the years, as my weight has fluctuated up and down because of good seasons and, and, and bad seasons, I've become used to checking it consistently to make sure I'm doing okay or not doing okay. So, you know, every half a pound that I lose, I wonder what's going on and what I need to do, you know, to make sure that I don't start losing five and 10 and 15 pounds. Or, you know, when I am having stomach issues because of lower GI problems, you know, I may gain five, six, seven, eight pounds um, in a day or two um, just due to um, my GI issues. And so, there can just be a constant feeling of, I've got to check my weight. I can't lose too much. I can't gain too much. I'm uncomfortable. And um, that can really start to affect us too. And and we don't want to be obsessing over our weight. We don't want to have to be thinking about it. We want to be healthy mentally and okay with what our body is doing and going through. And we try. But the reality of it is too, you know, if you lose too much weight, and there's more problems that we have to deal with. And so, you know, I think that can have a negative effect too. And that's unique with achalasia and other um, diseases that affect the GI system is the weight fluctuations. And I wanted to add too that when I say we, <laughs> I'm talking about those of us that deal with achalasia. I really am mostly talking of my own experiences and um you know, within that, I'm keeping in my mind the different stories that I have heard and seen others share. And there's similar um, frustrations that I have had and, and challenges um, as we deal with the emotional and mental effects that achalasia can tend to have. Um, another aspect that I was thinking about um, was the invasive testing. So many people that have a chronic illness have gone through all kinds of different testing, um, whether that be blood testing, um, using machines or some other kind of diagnostic tool. Um, and it's all, it's all hard, no matter what you're dealing with. It's all, you know, a, a challenge. It can all be hard um, in and of itself. But um, something that I have experienced myself is just really um, having a lot of anxiety before the routine testing that I'll have to have. So be that a manometry, which is um, a test where a, a thin tube um, is, and it doesn't feel very thin at the time, is placed through your nose down um, through your esophagus and into your stomach, and you have some timed swallows that you have to take. Um, and you'll hear my daughter talking in the background as I record this. But um, that one's really hard. It's very 
painful. I like to say there's blood, sweat, and tears involved in the manometry. Um, it, that's, a, that's a hard one. And the barium swallow studies oftentimes can make you very sick after you have to swallow barium and have a series of um, x-rays taken after uh, as, they, as they watch the progression of the barium into your esophagus and your GI system. Um, lots of x-rays, lots of blood work, lots of, um, you know, there's other testings, but lots of scopes, I would say, endoscopies, even lower GI um, testing can be done as well. And it's all very uncomfortable and it feels very invasive. Like, um, you know, there's always something being inserted into my nose, my mouth, my, um, my skin, and that can worry on you. Um, I'm used to them and they don't bother me as much, but I still always have some kind of anxiety, usually the day before and the day of, just because, you know, it, it, it just gets old and it, it, it feels very invasive. And, you know, when you have achalasia, those things are routine. You have to do them quite often. So you get used to it. It's just just another aspect that's not fun. Obviously, along with all of the invasive and frequent testing that there usually has to be, there's a lot of um, a lot of appointments, a lot of exhausting phone calls, research appointments, dealing with um, so much unknown and having to wait for those diagnostics to come back. I have told many people that some of the most exhausting parts of achalasia and the entire process is really being diagnosed, um, being handed around to different doctors, um, nurses, technicians, and you just, there can be points where you feel like a lab rat. And it's all, it's all part of the process. It is, it's hard that it's this long and it takes forever, but I just want to encourage you that if you're in the middle of that, just keep going. It may take you some time. It may take months. It may take even years to get a diagnosis or find out what's going on, but just be encouraged and know that this is just all part of it. And there are people that do care and want to see you get well. And if you can just stick it out as they stick it out with you, um, it, you'll be in a better place at the end. It's often said that achalasia is a very lonely disease. So many, so many people that have a chronic illness face this, and I'm seeing a lot of really good awareness about that, that when you're dealing with something that is rare or unknown or just, you know, sadly considered not normal or different, it can be very lonely. Um, you don't want to wear others down. You don't want to talk about um, the, the ins and out of having a disease that affects your life every day. You don't want to be that Debbie Downer. You want to be positive and encouraging. And I've seen that too, you know, something I've tried really hard um, in the last year to change about myself is being honest. And if somebody asks how I'm doing, you know, I don't want to stay on it, but I will be honest and say, hey, you know what, I'm having a hard day or uh, lunch didn't go down, and so I'm 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 in some pain. So, um, but honestly, you know, being able to be truthful and share what's going on, I think, is important. And I know oftentimes it tends to make people uncomfortable. And I've been on the other side of it, not knowing how to handle someone sharing their their frustrations and their daily hurts. But I would say, if you're the one sharing, just be open and honest. You can. End it with, you know, how grateful you are for the good times and the good days that you've had. But be honest about the struggle, too. 
And I would say if you're on the receiving end of it, you're the the loved one or the friend or, you know, the the, the person in the, the doctor's office I, that's helping take care of this person, I would just listen and, you know, have some feedback or something encouraging that you can say or, you know, honestly, even more so than saying anything, I think is just listening. And that that's always so important. Um, and being able to have a good balance of focusing on both the positives and the negatives of the disease. But it can be hard to learn how to share. It can feel lonely. It is lonely. Um, it's a very rare disease, achalasia is, and it's not a glamorous one. I mean, how many of us want to talk about the fact that we puked our guts out this morning and then follow up with, well, it wasn't actually puking, it was regurgitating. I mean, it's just, it's uncomfortable. You know, nobody wants to talk about that. It's it's not glamorous. And, you know, I've I've laughed so many times and told my husband, man, if I just didn't have a pukey disease, that'd be great. But at the same time, I realize this is where I am and it's okay. It's not fun to talk about but it's the reality for many of us, even as rare as it is. One of the last parts of this that I wanted to cover was um, the anxiety and even PTSD for some um, and fear over choking and fear of spasming. Um, This one has affected me in a really big way, I would say, especially before I knew what exactly I was dealing with when the choking started to get bad um, in the last couple of years. But, you know, before I knew how to clear my esophagus, um, there were many times where the choking would be so horrific and so bad that I was very close to throwing myself over a chair and trying to dislodge the food on my own or going to the ER. And that's, that's terrifying. Um, you know, we all choke. <laughs> Those of us that have achalasia, at least on a daily basis. Um, and we're, you're used to it. Uh, I'm used to it. I know how to dislodge food that's, that's easier for the most part, but the really hard ones can be, can be tough. Um, and so, um, I really remember just having a lot of daily anxiety over eating, like being afraid over what if I eat this and it doesn't go down and it gets stuck? What if I'm alone and I I stop breathing because of the food being stuck or I can't get to the ER or I call someone and I can't talk because I couldn't talk when I would choke badly. And there's just a lot of fear and um, anxiety over eating along with that. Nobody wants to choke and just, you know, I didn't want to die um, on, on my own, um, over something I ate for lunch. And there was just, it, it it does cause a lot of, a lot of mental health, um, anxiety, a lot of, a lot of issues there, at least for me. Um, and in the past, especially before I knew what I was dealing with, but I also struggled with a lot of worry over what would happen if I had a grand spasm on my own. And um, couldn't get help and couldn't get it to stop because early on I didn't know anything on how to deal with them other than try to drink some ice water and that, that wouldn't help the really bad ones. And uh, since then I have, I have learned to carry 
a kind of an emergency bag with a few items in it that are my my tricks for for helping with spasms. And even if those don't help, I think it helps me get out of the house more and go out on my own with my kids more because I have some things to try. And, um, you know, I try to make sure I'm not in a place where I couldn't call someone too. That, that also really helps me. So I know that was a lot to cram into one episode, and I'm hoping to do another one at some point as I continue to gather my thoughts about how achalasia affects us um, and our mental well-being on a daily basis. I'd love to bring maybe some guests on to the podcast to share how it affects them and, and things that they can do to, to help keep themselves healthy mentally and emotionally. Um, thank you for sticking around through this. And I'm looking forward to covering another topic next time. Um, I wanted to end just kind of on a note of encouragement too. Of Even though there are things that we face every day that affect us physically um, and challenges that we face every day mentally, I have honestly hardly ever seen such a strong and resilient group of people. I've been able to get to know a lot of my um, fellow Achalasians and it's always so encouraging to me to see that at the end of the day, they are hanging in there, they're holding on to hope, they're not going to let go, and they're moving forward. And I think if we can just keep doing that every day, there's so much to live for, guys. We have our family, we have um, other people that we haven't even met yet that might need to know our story. And if you can just continue to press forward and know that you're going to be okay, then I think that will leave an impact on others that is greater than you'll ever know. So, until next time.